Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. Greetings, everyone. This is Travis Willingham, and welcome to Exandria Unlimited on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Exandria Unlimited airs Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific on Twitch and YouTube. If you would like to watch the video on demand, it is available immediately for Twitch channel subscribers and is uploaded to YouTube on Mondays at noon. Exandria Unlimited is, of course, also available in podcast form on Thursdays a week after the original broadcast, right here on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Now, let's get this adventure going. Well, hello, and welcome oh. to the official wrap-up of Exandria Unlimited Calamity. Hey. That's right. We'll be exploring all of the luscious lore surrounding the Ring of Brass, the fall of Avalir, and even everyone's favorite Aeorian reporter, Bolo. Oh. Don't like her. MVP. Don't like her. So many opinions. This will be a round-ish table. There's a rectangle one here. Uh, discussion with uh, fan questions peppered throughout. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our reflections on the apocalypse we brought about, but also maybe made just a little less worse, maybe. And so with that in mind, <laughs> I think first we should maybe just do a little quick round of introductions. I mean, there's no... There's no like intro song that plays now or yeah. something? Make one now. Is there go. a title sequence? Uh, and, and title sequence, go. Oh, we're all gonna die. It was so bad. <laughs> On the teleprompter, I saw the luscious ring of ass. Ooh. Oh, oh. I got real confused. Oh, man. Should, uh, that should have been our name. Yeah. yeah. The ring of ass. The ring of ass. Well, now that we're back from that amazing title sequence. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming most people know who we are if they, you know, watch 20 hours of us. But I guess, you know, Luis, maybe let's just go around and introduce everybody. Uh, I'm Marisha Ray. I played Patia. Hi, Patia Marisha. Porco. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello, uh, Luis. I'm Luis Carrazzo. I played Xerxes Eletes. Yeah. yeah. First night. First night? Uh, first night, first I'm not merch. sure what camera to look into. Uh, hi, I'm Sam Regal. I was the uh, the voice of the Herald's Tome, uh, Loquacious Seely. Uh, I'm also a talented uh, actor. <laughs> wow. And a fun fact now. Oh, we're adding fun facts. So on the, third, on the third instance, we kind of added a new category yes. of thing oh, to of, say. Yes. Complimenting cool. yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, hey, gang, I'm Brendan Lee Mulligan. I was everybody else. <laughs> and fun fact, fair. a fun fact, and a fun fact, come camera back, and a fun fact about me <laughs> is that I uh, am drinking a nice cup of joe mm, right now. <laughs> it's not, I don't know, it was fun. Yeah. It was a fact. It was a fact. It was a fact. It was a fact. Yeah. It was a fact. Yeah. It's also kind of a constant for you, I feel like. Ooh. You know. Yeah. For creative fun we all fucking done talking. Give <laughs> 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 focus. Give yeah, focus. Yeah, focus. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Woo. There's a dance? Yeah. What's happening? Oh my god, yes! <laughs> yeah! Hi, I'm Lou Wilson. <laughs> and for uh, the past 20 plus hours, I played Nidus Okiro, Guild Master of the Golden Side. Oh my goodness. And a uh, fun fact about me. <laughs> I've never had a piece of sashimi. <laughs> You've never had a pizza sashimi? I've never had a pizza sashimi. <laughs> a pizza sashimi? You, yes, and I'm assuming you all have eaten pizza sashimi? Yes. No. I personally have never had pizza so sashimi. Pizza, so pizza sashimi, so pizza sashimi is, you, is, yeah. raw, is raw, raw dough raw with slices oh, of no. tomato, yes. uncooked cheese, and uncured ham. You, that, so, it's a classic kind of, they, uh, they serve it a lot in Barcelona. Yeah. It's real. No, hey, it's, it's real. Nope, that's real. it's not real. Uh, hey, Google it. Guys, that's absolutely Google it. Back row. Are we going to me? Hi. Hello. Hi. That's not a real food, right? <laughs> okay. I'm Travis Willingham. I played Sarah Agrutman. I survived. Cerritos Groupon. Cerritos Groupon. Cerritos House, better known as. I died. If you Google Sarah, you'll find my real name. Uh, fun fact. I wore a black t-shirt tonight in an effort not to get food on myself when I ate dinner. Yay. Oh, yay. Challenged the fates and won. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. Sweet. Hi. I, I'm here. <laughs> hey, I'm Abria Iyengar. I played uh, Laren Koromarsili, uh, Hierophanadura, Architect Arcane. Fun fact about me, I don't think I've ever won a game of rock, paper, scissors ever in my life. Oh. Wait, wait, right now, you gotta go yeah. real hard, ready to go. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm nervous. On, on shoot? Throw on three. No, no one throws on, on three. three? Yes, no, on three? That's it's crazy. On four. We're gonna throw on four. Rock, okay. Paper, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh! Wow! Oh! 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 Oh, uh, we won't. We won't get any better. That's that's the highlight of tonight. I love yeah. you, <laughs> kids. If you can dream it, you can do it. <laughs> I'm actually sweating. Oh my god. Nobody wants to. Uh, well, you guys, uh, let's just jump into some of this hot goss. We're just we're just asking questions. There's no yeah. format, right? Not really. Okay. But I, I also am the one with the IFB in my ear. Okay. And I have okay. A, a drive to move okay. it forward. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I have margaritas waiting for me at the end. Sure. Of this. Mm. All right. Then kick us off. So, <laughs> uh, everybody, knowing that this was the calamity, did it change how you normally build your characters? Hell yeah. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I normally don't care about optimized play, but uh, Brandon said we were probably going to die. So I decided. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, absolutely not. And I worked the hardest I've ever worked mm -hmm. to build a very cool character that could survive as long as possible. Yeah, you you mid-maxed yeah. the fuck. Oh yeah, it was very fun when I finally saw like everyone's characters in the campaign and I saw the HP differential yeah. between our two wizards and I went, <laughs> I've done a good job here. Yes, yes, yes good. That tough feat, man. Yeah, with the tough arcane, is dope. With the arcane ward, you more than double patient, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had 175 functional yeah, HP. That's insane. Functional. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh. If I ever use the arcane ward myself. Wow. Got it. Yeah. Plus that little like workaround to rebuild the arcane ward with an eldritch uh, adept feat. Anyway, it's the nerdiest I've ever gotten about a build, and it was very fun and good. Did you like research that? Did you yeah. like Google like? 
how to break wizards. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, like lots of oh, people really? talk about it all the time. And then I sat down with my friend Trevor, who also is like very good at D and D. And I was like, okay, here's what I'm working with so far. Help me optimize this. And we worked for like four hours. Oh, and built a little monster. Damn. That's sick. Yeah. When we were uh, uh, building out the characters, <laughs> you sort of said, Brennan. Friendly Mulligan GM of AXU Calamity. Mm -hmm. um, Sorry, I love coffee. You said we could just have, like, <laughs> was there a limit to how many items we could have? You were just like, now I know why you said this, but you were like, <laughs> yeah, just pick a bunch of magical items. And that scared me. That frightened <laughs> me. It made me feel like I was doing, like I was cheating. So I only picked, like, two very, very weak items. I think I picked, like, a wand of smiles. You no. picked a wand of smiles. Uh -huh. And like a plus one <laughs> ring of protection, and that's and I felt guilty doing that. But then I looked around at <laughs> y'all. You had you, you yes. everybody had oh, like yeah. all this like, shit. Um, you had a strength of fifty six. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, you were yep. stacking. You were all stacking shit. I didn't have any. I, I felt <laughs> guilty doing it. But now I know why you were gonna take it taketh away everything that you gave us. <laughs> Don't trust Brendan gifts. <laughs> no, the moment that Luis like dropped in our Slack though and was like, "Can I take a Holy Avenger?" I was like, "Well, he asked first, so now I feel like <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. paved the way, uh -huh. free yes, reign." Yes. yes. Uh, well, that there's an element of verisimilitude to that, right? Like these people would imagine being like, "Yes, the secret movers and shakers of Avalia." Can I borrow twenty dollars? <laughs> like, no, these people would be fucking loaded. They're at the height of a magical fucking civilization. They would be strapped with gear. Uh, so it was. It was actually not only a a clever ploy. It was not just me pulling the like parenting trick of someone's like, I'm running away, and you're like, good, run away. <laughs> you know, and then you're like, mm -hmm. it was not that was not a reverse psychology thing to get you guys to not pick magical items. It was truly from a place of like the like when I saw Luis go ham on the magic items, I was like, yes, because it's just realistic. This is this is of civilization that's like we don't need an army. We just need one guy with a belt of storm giant strength. Storm giant strength. That's yeah. why twenty nine. Strength. Storm giant <laughs> strength. And when you see Xerxes fighting, you're like, yeah, believable. Like yeah, that's yeah. that would that would cover it for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So anybody else want to nope, talk about how they built their characters? Uh, me? Yeah. I, uh, I I think the build I went with. I wasn't so calamity infused. I think I did really want to show out. I think, I think being on critical, just being on critical role, I was like, well, I can't, I can't like show up and be like, well, I'm a bard. Uh, I was like, I, <laughs> I just, I couldn't. Sam does that. I couldn't, yeah, like, I just couldn't, you know, hack it and just show up as a bard. No, I, uh, but I was like, I want to do, you know, because, yeah, what are you, you just going to show up and just be a bard? You know, and just be like, ah, uh, what, bardic inspiration for you? <laughs> I mean, come on. Are you kidding? I love it because you were both bards and both multi-class. That's true. Yeah. I, I multi-classed yeah. as warlock because, Brandon, you said that would be a good idea. <laughs> no, I said, I think I came into it, I was like, I've done a bard. I gotta do something other than a bard, but it's also level 14. I don't wanna learn a brand new thing. I don't wanna learn sorcerer or wizard. Yeah. Like that's yeah. complicated. So I'll do what I know, I'll be bard. And you were like, well, you could flavor it a little with something else. And I think you gave me a couple options and Warlock sounded okay. <laughs> and gave us a really awesome connection. It did. Story-wise, not only, not only for the game contained within itself, but also, 
very timely with Ashley's character in C3, the connection to the yes. Sealy Court. The Sealy Court. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that was uh, a well-researched connection that I that I definitely spent a lot of time researching. Oh, really? And uh-huh. talking uh-huh. to Ashley about okay, well. and. Or, or maybe it was uh, Brennan saying, hey, who's your warlock patron? And me going to like the Critical Role wiki and just <laughs> <laughs> looking up uh, uh, fey creature, fey characters in Critical Role lore and seeing the word Seelie and being like, great, done. <laughs> so, so you were a bard warlock and you were like a bard. I was a bard sorcerer. Bard sorcerer. Yeah. Four levels of sorcerer, 10 levels of bard. Um, because I really wanted the like splitting uh, spellcasting classes meant that I couldn't uh, cast above a fifth level, but I yeah. had those. Or I didn't have any spells above fifth level, but I had those spell slots. So I used uh, magical secrets to get some sicker shit. Yes. That uh, what that, did you get? Uh, that was the the dragon spell, the summon yeah. dragon spirit that turned into Shack and. Uh, the uh, the cone of cold I used on uh, one time at the very end because we never took a rest of any kind. Yeah, yeah. No. and so uh, all the GMs out there, fuck a rest. Oh. All right, they don't need them. They don't need them in this room. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, I have a question for the multi-class. The multi yeah. multi-class. This is the first time I've ever multi-class. It was really fun. Really. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. I got access to all sorts of other cool stuff. I also used mag- magical secrets to yeah. get some cool things. Yeah. It was great. It was fun. What? Cl- this is also something interesting when I think about multi-class characters. What class do you think your character started at Ooh. at first level? Ooh. Well, I I I I picked sorcerer for it. I like. I was like, oh, Nidus is a is a is a, a magical person who like didn't really tap into that side, and so didn't grow much more. Like didn't just kind of think about himself as being magical and work with that. He instead used what little magic he had and kind of navigated it through the lifestyle he lived. So I went f- starting four levels of sorcerer, finishing 10 levels of bard. I, cool. I, I think similarly, Loquacious started as a, as a warlock for, I think it was only three levels of, of Warlock and then 11 levels of Bard when he found his calling, found his his true path and what could bring him fame and the adoration of many. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Mitch was busy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, quick, Marisha, yes. before I forget, what was Pesha's Oh, yeah. Uh, school? School, of the magic. class, uh, enchantment. There we go. Oh, it was enchantment. Yeah, yeah she so was a full-on, pure, all the way enchantment wizard. Um, so I, it, it didn't really, because like uh, the enchantment wizards, like perks and, and abilities is that you can like do, you can split your enchantment spells and do like multiple uh, targets on single enchantment spells, mm-hmm. but it just kind of didn't really become super relevant at with what we were doing. Yeah, sure. And by the time we were fighting, I wasn't gonna be like, well, hang on, let's talk. Um, so it just kinda didn't really become super relevant. But my thing with Brennan, like the way that I just broke the class and just made her powerful, because I wanted to have her be super knowledge-based and have this orb that she had where she just stored everything and being the leader of the library, I was basically like, can I just take like, all the spells 
I know there's a limit. Can I just add like 10 more spells? Oh, no. <laughs> so I just have a lot. And you were like, yeah, you like theoretically, you could just pull from. You're like, it won't. You could just Google it in the middle <laughs> oh, of the yeah. You're not going to take a nap. Go ahead. Yeah, fine. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Pretty much. Wow. There's. There's a weird, this is a, a bizarre tangent, but literally to what Travis is saying about like, yeah, sure, go for it. There was a, that that attitude of like, cause I think GMs and DMs can be stingy with stuff that they don't actually need to be stingy with. You know mm. what I mean? Like your character is the keeper of scrolls for an entire city. You would have an infinite spell book. You would have all the spells, yeah. every spell there's ever been. It would be bizarre for you not to. And I think that you need to be generous with that stuff. There was a kid at my old summer camp who was a young, adventurer who was obsessed with elves. He's like an eight-year-old boy. And he was like, in the game, can I be an elf? I want to be an elf, Wolia. And I was elf, like, so whoa. so cute. And he came up to me and he kept asking like, can I have a, a, a laser gun that only elves can use? And he'd be like, well, <laughs> that might not. And then he came up to me and was like, can I have the power to walk on snow like Wegolus? <laughs> And there's there's that instinct you get, there's an instinct you get where you wanna say no to requests. But then I looked around and I was like, it's the middle of July. And I was like, you can walk on all the snow you want. <laughs> Any snow you find, walk all over it. You're a snow walking master. So like, <laughs> like finding, finding those things that it's like, yeah, like that's not game breaking to give yeah. someone access to all those spells in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool stuff. We need to talk about this bird, though. How did you oh, yeah. walk into the age of Arcanum and be like, absolutely no magic? <laughs> I know. Uh, well, the, the the character creation part kind of informed all of it because you know they were like, come with some ideas, come with yeah. some some partial builds. I didn't do any of that shit. Mm. I just showed up my lazy ass to the table, and then everybody was spitting fire and had great ideas, and all of a sudden the shape of what this could look like started to take shape, but I was the last one to go. I just happened to be on the end of the table as we were kind of going counterclockwise and everybody else had killer magic. <laughs> you all were super powerful with magic. I was like, well, you gotta have the one guy that's like sharp pointy things only, right? <laughs> um, and then I asked Brennan, I was like, what's a really good like um, investigator? Like what would be really good at finding out details and trying to like keep a check on all this magic run amok? And he was like, Inquisitor Rogue. So the more you build that out, the more you realize you're really good at like being slippery and not getting hit. But if you if you do get a hit, it's one really good stank one, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> which was nice. Yeah, which was nice. Um, and uh, the one so one thing I do when I build characters is I start like with an item. I don't know why. Ooh, okay. Like when I oh. when I built Ford, I so. Uh, what's the what's the store on Magnolia here that has the old uh, wardrobe departments like drop off? Oh, uh, oh it's a wrap. No, it's, it's a wrap. Oh, That's right. Yeah. We went there for Halloween one year, and they had like Dracula Untold had put like all these clothes there, Ooh. and I found these dope greaves that were like these silver folded greaves, bottom on sale or whatever, and that was how I built Ford. Was he started with like these oh. forearm brazier greaves, and then everything came off of that. So when it was Inquisitor Rogue time, I was like, okay. It's gotta be an awesome weapon. It can't just be some normal shit. What is there? And there's this Navy SEAL named Jack Carr that has these hawks, these Winkler R&D hawks that look like the craziest things you've ever seen. And I looked them up and they're part of this Sayak Kali fighting system in the Philippines, which led to the Philippine Whoa. Eagle. Oh, and so God, it just like so rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled. And that's just how that started. But like the eyes of Avalir and being the site warden, all that stuff just came together. So 
um, so beautifully. And it was just nice to have one non-magic person that's just trying to make it to make totally. it work. Yeah, absolutely. It's balance. Oh, yay! <laughs> it definitely felt like a little of this, like, who watches the Watchmen type of yeah. element yeah, of, like, idea. let's have this one person who's a little bit more grounded. But I felt, I, <laughs> I felt so out of it, which was probably perfect. <laughs> because I, we were talking about this before we actually started. We probably should have saved it. But when the first when the first episode started, you guys were just in it. You were talking about your magic shit, and you were in the city. And I felt like there was a rapport amongst some of you. And I felt like I had missed like a meeting or something. Because you guys were just comfy and talking about the city and how it works. And I was just taking notes furiously and trying not to get lost. And it turns out there was some of you bitches. <laughs> No idea what you're talking about, and I wasn't scared of you the entire time. Oh my god! I had a completely normal relationship with Sarah. For like, those nice. who missed our Twitter Spaces thing, yes. oh yeah, which is know. everybody, um, <laughs> there was there was a secret meeting. There was a secret meeting, and who was at this secret meeting? Whoop. We we had a few secret meetings, but I, uh, right? Yeah, but I let's think go. yeah. And what did you guys discuss? Kind of just how awful we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, truly. That was yeah, mostly true. the topic of discussion, which yeah. was like, how nasty are you? And it was fun to be like, I, was, I had gone and been like, all right, I'm gonna be a little nasty. <laughs> and then we were talking, and immediately Abria and Marisha were like, we're nasty. And I was like, oh, okay, oh, okay. we're nasty. Uh, and then we turned out to be really nasty, nastier than even I planned. Um, so much nastier. Uh, but yeah, we that was most the most of the most of the meeting was agreeing how we were nasty and how long we'd been nasty for and the many ways we had been nasty together. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. I'm trying to think of the nastiest stuff that came up in that meeting because basically I was like, hey, the replenishment. This is what's supposed to happen. Twenty five percent of the city's ether is supposed to go to the yeah, Galdashari. Yeah. The other seventy five percent supposed to go into the ground and replenish it, the replenishment all of Dominus. Is that really happening, or what's happening to that other? What's happening to that city's energy? And we were all like, "Yes, yeah." And yeah. just this <laughs> this flurry of like the stuff. So I think there was one point where it was like, I was like, "Okay, you tell me when I go too far." People extending their lives. Maybe there's a magister who hasn't shown up in a little while. Maybe he's maybe a lich and not telling anybody. And that didn't even raise an eyebrow. Yeah, you were all like, <laughs> "Good, a good beginning." That's fine. Keep thinking, that's fine. Uh -huh. Yeah, like all good. So it was very, but it was very the, the whole network of like. The, someone like intercepting with the septarian and like and the whole idea behind Pesha of someone who had found a job like a senate parliamentarian yeah. had found this job and been like oh people think this is not important it's about to be incredibly important and yeah. we're and I'm going to flip this on its head interfacing with the entire wealth of the city and someone who was who like saw the vision for what Avalier could be and was like yeah no amount of if you if you have a cause no amount of backroom dealing is ever going to going to make you question what that cause is and then mm -hmm. the yeah. entire technical technological the laywright the whole point of the secret project of like we're going to take the city this is how we beat aor this is how we win the kind of arcanum space race of like okay you guys hate the gods, other people like we we look down on them. Ascension, we're gonna become an interplanar city. We're gonna we're gonna become a city that trades with every other realm outside of Exandria. Ambitions. Yeah. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think it was great, and it worked Amazing. out super well. It was gonna. It, it was super gonna. It was super it's good. Like, uh, yeah, t- theoretically, it works. But it's <laughs> yeah. But it's very funny to hear everyone talk about how the secrets were because you guys because this meeting has of course was like very fun and schemy and great. <laughs> And I was also like, because also I didn't want to have that. I said it in the Twitter Spaces thing, but I didn't want it to be like Christmas, where it's like everyone gets the same amount of presents. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. where, you know what I mean? Where it's like, uh-huh. where there's sort of like, no, there's some people in this brass ring <laughs> yeah. that are up to a, an asymmetrical amount of shady shit, uh-huh. yeah. and like that's realistic, and that's going to create fun dynamics which lo and behold it fucking did and the uh but it's very good to hear about the meeting because while the meeting was happening i also was aware of the other secrets that were coming up so it's like you guys are having a meeting and you're like we're nasty and then i'm emailing with luis every day and he's like yeah my character's not doing good (laughs) (laughs) and he really thinks about betrayer gods like every day so you guys are like we're corrupt city officials and this guy's like it could all burn. Maybe it burns today, tomorrow. Who knows when it burns? <laughs> like, yeah. Delightful. Yeah. But that's just, that feels like you were just on such another level of like, you saw through it all, which made sense. It's like a different level of bullshit. I mean, I, I so, geez, I, I, it's weird to try to have an objective, like, uh-huh. Take on the character that you had been like sitting in for for so for so long for for you know sessions, but I so, I know that I wanted to play Redemption Paladin right away. I, I thought maybe a cleric, but then I was like, nah, man, I want to play a Redemption Paladin to the extreme, <laughs> and I wanted to just challenge m- myself in a way too to just like really commit to that. And I, I our exchanges were. Um, just kind of getting to uh, what makes, what runs, you know, me sort of just offering and getting some sounding board stuff on what runs Xerxes. And I tried to, I wanted to make a parallel between what he was experiencing as the first knight and what maybe his idea of the Betrayer Gods were. Like the the first knight being in this tower and a really lonely experience that he never really asked for, but was kind of put on him. So in a way he was in his own sort of uh, 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 like isolation uh, uh, and so I wanted to create something that would make him connect to the experiences of the Betrayer Gods um, and then really crazy, extreme redemption paladin. And I don't know, I mean, I guess he had secrets for sure, but he didn't have long-standing secrets. The, the dream really? happened the day of. Did you of. ever tell us? Yeah. No, About but it, yeah, two. Uh-huh. There were two. There were two moments. Oath of deflection, paladin. <laughs> two. Oath Xerxes. of deflection. Yes. Yes. Never answered a question. <laughs> Dropped the whole zone of truth and was like, "And let me not tell you about." Yeah, yeah. So no, let me tell you. Is it true? That motherfucker. The two moments yes. that I was like, I think I'm gonna lay it all out on the table was in the second session why I was looking for Nidus was mm. because oh. I wanted like that was my oldest friend and I was want I would have if I had found you I would have I would have told you. Where was I? You were you were chasing your thing, deal. No, he when you walked Great. out in the second session, you had been in the bathroom with the cracked mirror. Yes. And then you came out, but that's when Akami Rowe got murdered. Cause I could yep. see in oh, your yeah. eyes that you wanted to spill the beans. Oh, and I was you like, stopped it? We're not like yes. oh! no, that was the second time. The first the so first time was that. right after we spoke to uh, uh to Pervin. Pervon. Pervon. Yes. That, that was a, and then I wanted to, instead of going back to meeting everybody, I wanted to go find you. Oh. And then I couldn't find you. Yeah. And then the second time was the zone of truth. But then you, 
you said no. And I was like, okay. Don't if you're... put this on me. Don't, <laughs> don't, you, don't you dare no, act like, like okay. I said right. no. Uh, no, well, like, but okay. it's because I only turned on you because this feels like you, therapy now for some reason. Yeah, the talk I only out. turned on you. <laughs> I never would have turned on you. No, no, I'm tired of this. You, no, I'm tired of this. Are you hearing what he's saying? <laughs> I'm trying my best. All right, you know what? Fine. I am. You know what? Okay, you know what? I am, I am receiving this information. I am receiving the idea that because I scolded you, which I felt terrible about uh, in the sort of truth moment that you did not reveal. But to be fair, that was seconds after you like other people had been like, I don't want to do the zone of truth, and you had been like, What are you hiding? And I was yes, like, yes. And I had to be like, love Okay, it. bro. <laughs> like, yeah. It was so it. cool. Um, I loved it so much because it was, it was. I love it when there's like a scene, an exchange between you and another uh, person at the table yes. where they completely set you off course and into another direction because they've done a thing that changes you. Yeah. And and I was gonna dig my heels in, but then I was like, but like, I don't know. I, it really affected me to have the guy that's known me the longest call me out. And I was like, okay, it was fucking cool. <laughs> it was so good. Well, for people to know too, like in the emails that I had with Luis, it was just, and this is my first time playing with you. We And we had coffee before the game and it was just like, I was like, oh, this guy, feels about storytelling all the ways I feel about storytelling. Because you at the table got totally lost in the character. People watching you could be like, is Luis gone? It's only Xerxes <laughs> now. But people need to know in the emails, Luis was fully astounded. My, I was getting emails like, here's what my guy thinks. He could be totally fucking wrong. Like yeah. everything yeah. from Luis was, was as a collaborator, like, hey man, I am making a man who is strongly convicted. These are his convictions. This is what a paladin is. One of the smartest things I feel like 5e as a system did when it, it moved paladins from being wisdom casters to charisma casters. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, Cause sure. it's like, it made me realize why you don't want to base morality in charisma, charisma. right? Yeah. Because you're like, yeah. the only thing the world needs is redemption. And I'm gonna do it every day, no matter how many people get hurt or how badly it goes or how many times the world tries to tell yeah. me it's not working. One call like, that wisdom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, that having that insight skill ratcheted up can be helpful. Everyone is redeemable. You, are you the right guy for the job, right? Are you this person who can do this thing in this moment? And it felt like there was such a thing with, with Xerxes where he took this universal truth about like everyone can be saved and didn't see the bridge to I can save anybody. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, That never occurred to him of like, am I the guy for the job? And I thought that was so beautifully done. I, I, I thanks. Yeah. I, um, I had a conversation with, and I don't think every redemption paladin needs to be played this way, but again, I wanted to play one to the extreme and that was part of the flaw that I had embedded in it. And I was like, this is an incredibly toxic trait. It's the, I'm, you know, I mean, it is that I'm, I'm, I am gonna change you. And, uh, but from such a well-meaning, heartfelt place. And it, that wasn't the only layer to him uh, because I also wanted to play someone whose like flame of hope will never extinguish. Yeah. And that those two can, you know, be synthesized together, but they don't have to coexist. So yeah, um, I guess from the get-go, I wasn't really plotting like the nastiness, but I was like, let me, let me embed it in to 
this blind spot and have this person who is the most well-meaning, the goodest person in his own heart, and let's give him this like flaw mm -hmm. and this blind spot. Yeah, well, and you're kind of talking about the flaws because even you know us sitting around the table, me, Lou, and Bria, and being like, mm, we're gonna get nasty in the same way of you being very cognizant of Xerxes's flaws, we were kind of in the same yeah. mindset with like, we know we're being shady and shifty, but our characters yes. at the end of the day are like, this is justified yeah. and we are doing it for the good of the, the city good. and the greater good. And that was, uh, I mean, speaking of incredibly poignant, incredible life lessons, something that Brennan talked about on that day, which was yeah. uh, not to tell your story, no, but ending it. in, you know, the lesson being never trust a motherfucker with a cause. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it felt like so much was really rooted in that about how you really so much of like the, the flaws of, uh, you know, for Pesha especially and, you know, Laren yeah. and, and Nidus was that being blinded by their ambition. Um, and it's not to say that they weren't evil. And I honestly think trying to play like a evil on the spectrum character is like boring and dumb because there is no like black and white spectrum. And to try and play that calculated, manipulative, but you're doing it because you know in the end you're gonna win and you're gonna be right and everyone will fucking love you for it. That trying to be on that level of awareness, um, yeah, I mean that's that was some damn mental gymnastics. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. these were like some pretty deep and complicated characters. Yeah, because you know, I mean, as a player, you know what you're doing is wrong, but but you also know like my, my person <laughs> thinks that it, it yeah. would be right, and yeah. so I and there's a there's a there's a reason why I'm being I'm doing bad things to to get good results. Yes. And um, yeah, it was fun to watch you all do that. I think for for, <laughs> for I think for my character, my my guy was fun secrets. was almost the, yeah, it was almost the opposite. Like my character um, was perfect in every way. Well, no, like he was a liar all the time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like he was that was his surface level was like yeah, I always lie. I'm always stretching and bending the truth to do what I want. Mm. Um, so it's not really a surprise, but like the, the weird secret was that he, that, or the flaw, I guess, to Loquacious, which I sort of figured out as we were playing was not that he was, uh, an easy liar or a good liar, but was that like, he was, he was lying to himself, uh, more than anything, more than anyone else, because mm -hmm. like he, he put on this, um, this outward appearance of knowing everything, being super confident, being beloved by all, but all he wanted was very simple things and he couldn't admit that to himself. Hmm. He just wanted, he just wanted a, a, a lady. Yeah. Um, and, to, and to be happy <laughs> and to be, and to be, and to be truthful. Like he didn't like what he was doing as the, the Herald of Avalier either because it meant bending and stretching the truth. And what he wanted to do was just like be a, a gritty indie reporter <laughs> for, uh, for for the LA Weekly. Um, <laughs> oh my God! Go Gonzo! Covering uh, covering rock shows or whatever, but like, and he need, and he needed to like admit that to himself. Like I, you know, he doesn't he doesn't really want all of this pizzazz and stuff. He just wants to be 
a good guy, and uh, and I think that was his weird like opposite flaw from the rest of you. Mm, yeah. Um, meanwhile, Cerritos Groupon over here had no flaws. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was a bad dad. Was well, well, he though? He was so sweet. No. In the in the end, right? But that's just that's just catching him on that day. So mm. that day, yeah. he had a good mm. day as a dad. I think. Mm. The years mm. prior to that were severely less. What happened to the wife? Do we know what right? happened to the wife? Yeah, so yeah, you guys have a what'd you do to her? Thing? Were you guys divorced? I just didn't pay any attention to her. So the, you, the, the, the implication that was there was that Rain and Sarah were not doing great. Got yeah. it. And right. were split up? We were yeah, was she and her like, sisters or what? Yeah, was she was it was it was yeah. one of those things where yeah. he was obsessed with his work. He had a high station in the city, mm. but while he had his eyes on everything else, literally everything outside of their house, it wasn't on her. Her and it wasn't on the children. Yeah. And she was like, I need, I'm, this is my idea of her. She was like, I need more, I need more purpose. I'm gonna go find that elsewhere. And until there's something for me here, I won't be here. Oh. I'm sure he was like, okay, and just went back to work. Wow. Right? Just totally yes, blind yes, in, in all that stuff. And so, you know, wow. we. I feel like there's always, I think it's always interesting to try and put a little part of yourself into characters. And yeah. so as like a new dad, one of the things I'm always fearful of is yeah. just working so much that you'll miss parts of your life. And I definitely yeah. pay attention to my wife, but you know, you, <laughs> you worry about- We're gonna get that in there on tape. Yeah. 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 <laughs> love you, babe. I see, I see you. I love yeah. my wife. Heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll just take care of my kid. Oh, just being like, you know, you don't oh, want to, you don't want to miss any of that stuff. And so I think in that last day, it wasn't about, um, it wasn't about who he'd been. It was like, who, who can you be if you get one, one last chance, right? Like the old mm -hmm. question: If you had Oof. one day left, what would you do? I think that's so good. I think also like with Sarah, there's a part of me that really loved his presence in the group because there were shady people. And if Travis, you, and when you said, like you picture your character on, it's like, I wanna be Jorel. I wanna be the guy that gets his kids out of there. I wanna, and I wanna be tapped into like Vespin Clore. Like there were a couple of different, everyone made a choice that helped lift the story up. Being like, I'm into the betrayer guys. And I was like, well, they're pretty important in this time period. That's very helpful. <laughs> yeah. And for you being like, I'm on Vespin Cloris's trail, yeah. where it was like, I was like, thank God. I was like, great. That's how we tie Vespin into this thing. But what I loved in terms of, if we'd ha if you had also been a shady motherfucker, right? Then we have a group of, uh, then we have a, a group of people that are doing shady things. Like even Loquacious, his very first scene, he's influencing an election. Like he's not involved yeah. with the ether scheme, but this guy is shady as hell. Yeah. He's incredibly corrupt. And having one person who, if if you had also been corrupt, people watching at home would get to go like, oh. That's what happens when everyone's bad. Sure. Not like me, who's good. Yeah. Yeah. And you were good and also didn't stop calamity. Right. And it was really important, at least for me, to have one character who's like, yeah, he's not back dealing ether, he's not influencing an election, but his attention's not in the right place. And at the end of days, that matters just as much. Yeah. Nice. And it was it was interesting because I wasn't privy to the Council of Three. Um, <laughs> Trouble uh, Troy guys. I, I, of course, was, ex <laughs> I was experiencing everyone's secrets as they were happening, but whether we were in the Herald's Tome, you were being de de deceitful and deceptive and, and other things were happening. I found in that moment, not wanting to press my friend on the thing that yes. you were clearly lying about, uh -huh. which was just so fucking Ooh. telling also yeah. about like, 
you know, if your job is to do the right thing in the end of days, and even though you know all that extra shit, I still wasn't like pushing you on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was just interesting. It was interesting like that. Yeah. I will say my favorite part was learning that your wife was also a scientist, because again, I was like. Sarah's gonna come for Laren at some point, and that was like my one emotional needle. Like, oh, you couldn't figure shit out with your wife, so you're coming after me now. Oh, and I was just waiting no. for that, and it never oh, came up, which is no. great. But like, God, what an interesting character to like. You know that there's something big here, uh-huh. and you have to go. I'm gonna pay attention to this other thing and hope that that somehow allows me to sidestep what I know is bad in my own mm-hmm. front yard. Yeah. So interesting. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I think he has. A, he also has a crazy respect for the, you know, for the arcane wielders. So I think also it was. I think I think on the inside he knew it wasn't something he could mess with unless he was able to get right up close to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe turn or push the button. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, so good. Kind of jumping off of what we're talking about the dads, uh, we have a question from the Katie M on Twitter. Oh, Uh, Travis and Luis, what inspired your decisions to make characters who had children despite knowing that you were telling an apocalyptic story? Did you think the fact that your characters were both dads affected your gameplay and caused you to make different decisions to the other characters? Because I, yeah, I agree with Katie here. Fucking bold move. It hurt our feelings. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's like, oh. when, and when the kids were cute, it was like incredibly fucked up. Ooh, like when they yeah. were like fun yeah, and delightful uh, and not even yeah. just like Brutal. blank Brutal. slate killers. Oh. Brutal. Oh, With the yes. little talent. <laughs> oh. I melted in oh, my no. fucking chair. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I want to hear what, what uh. Luis's take was, but for me, usually it seems like in adventure campaigns, a group of Adventurers go to the threat, battle it, and maybe if they're lucky, somebody will hear that they either succeeded or failed, but it's like collateral damage is minimized and it's out there. This took place in the city. Mm. It's in your home Mm. and everybody else's home. And of course, that means there are families and women and children and everything else, hopes and dreams and everything. So that felt, I I felt like we had to do that because it makes it far more fucking complicated. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I kind of want to ask because you're already talking about you know you you between of the two of us you have your own kid, and did that ever you know giving your character a child in the calamity didn't make you kind of go oh I mean you were saying how you related to that very much aspect so. of it so I brought I brought up before that so I'll back up my my favorite superhero it's not very interesting is Superman since I was a kid just because he's a guy that can do anything and chooses to do good and so I loved that growing up. But I've always been fascinated by Jor-El, who was also very influential in Krypton and did the right thing and got his kid off the exploding planet. But if I had to critique it, I'd be like, if you were so smart, motherfucker, why don't you make a rocket for the three of you? (laughs) You could all go out instead of just your kid. So part of that was also like, you know, you can be the baddest, most focused warrior, mage, whatever, and when shit hits the fan, there has to be a priority. And if one is shutting down the threat, then number two inherently is your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've put something above your family. And as a new dad, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Like they don't, I, I, you, you might hear it, but when people say like becoming a parent is literally someone taking your heart out of your chest, taking it out of your body, giving it legs, and it starts walking around for the rest of your life. And all you can do is stare at it and the things that are around it and try and protect it and hope that nothing bad happens to it. And that's the craziest notion. So, 
when I knew that a calamity was coming, I, I thought it would be interesting as a player, depending on where it went down and what was going to be happening, if he was torn between the thing that he's been trained to do his entire life and knowing that maybe there is something more important that in this moment, even though he holds this high position. So yeah. that, that pull was what I wanted. I just didn't know I, I didn't know I wanted it like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was real dirty. <laughs> uh, you said something that I've, I'm, I'm fascinated by new parents because um, I don't have kids and uh, I don't know if I want kids. Um, but I mean, I don't think they're gross or anything. Uh, <laughs> they are. <laughs> they're good. They do gross things. No one assumed that I was like, until you started until justifying. Until I said it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean. Sam, Sam, we just had Rowan. He was like, you're going to get poop on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Cool. And I have, you know, nieces and nephews and they don't live far away. And I, you know, but that's not the same as having your own kid. But I, I am fascinated by what you described, which is like that your heart is like now outside of you and, and, and now out in the world. And I, whenever uh, a friends of mine have their first kid, I kind of interview them and <laughs> I'm like, so what, I mean, is it's all this stuff true that people say? And then mm -hmm. just to get them to talk about, it's just endlessly fascinating to me. And that's one of the reasons why I like to play uh, a parent because it's me playing pretend yeah. and, and trying to access something that I feel like I get a sense of through my imagination, but I can only imagine in real life. There's nothing to compare it to in, in, in real life, but I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by that. And so I was, it just made sense for me to have, and I, want, I wanted to have a kid that wasn't, of, that wasn't mine. I wanted to have, uh, again, to kind of parallel the relationship between the gods. I think I had told Brendan, I said, I kind of see the story as like a story of like fathers and sons and, and in a sense. And so seeing like the portrayers as, our fathers and mothers in a way. And then I have a kid who's not mine, but is mine. And I've never like explored that. So it was cool. And I'm glad that you said what you said, because that's next time I play a dad, I'm going to literally imagine my heart leaping out of my body and then taking form as a kid. And that's going to be fucking cool. <laughs> it's very powerful. And, and to hear an actual, you know, to hear you say that it's really, you can feel it. So well, even cool. the dichotomy too, that you had, um, a complicated relationship with your son. Yeah. And kind of playing that estranged father role. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, because you, your kid was staying with. Yes. Yeah, your, your family. My family, right? yeah. So good. Yeah. And we only really got a little bit of that. Just a kiss, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was something we talked about. That was something I threw out, I think, because I. I, like I didn't, I I knew Nidus wouldn't have a, like an actual like family, uh, but I liked the idea of, I liked I liked it as a representation of how close we were, yeah. uh, at one point in our lives, uh, that it's like the three of us were some kind of triumvirate to the point where you were like, yeah, he can he, he'll be part of he's part of our extended family. Um, it, yeah, it's cemented, I think, by relationship to you. And I think that's why it was in the moment so easy to, like, give in to you. And if this were, like, a longer campaign with more of those moments, I, I can imagine always doing that because mm -hmm. I don't know how you not, I don't know how you stop feeling indebted to someone who's taking your kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. like how you, yeah. like, how you and, and your family did. So, yeah. Abria and I briefly discussed yeah. <laughs> whether we had kids. 
uh, and we quickly said, nah. <laughs> uh, because there's, there's something hel slightly hilarious about uh, exes who fucking hate each other, and there's something that's not hilarious at all about exes with a kid who hate, hate each, each other. other. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh no, that's yeah. terrible. True. So Speaking we, of that, we did yes. that. We also went yes, and got coffee. Yeah, uh, there was early talks about- You did with him? Yeah. Jesus. Early what talks about who We were just <laughs> sitting with our thumbs up our ass, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Next time, find a degree as fast like, as you can. That's the game, baby. <laughs> uh, we no. never talked about who Elias's mom was. Nope. Never. And there were early talks about like Wait, like you? Yeah, Maybe. of Laren being oh, wow. Elias's mom. And I think I think I said you yeah. decide that because I don't think I, I would have known. I didn't want to take away from like, it. Felt oh, like I was I stepping it too been, much. It was pretty cool. That would have been something I was interesting. Excited about it. But you know, but yeah. It stepped in on like a very powerful thing about like the family that you choose that you that aren't necessarily born to you. And I think it would have been like this weird step away because then yeah. there's like that sense of like claiming of yeah. But I remember us talking about it and be, I was very uh. excited about like oh man, there's a. I always think about fighting everyone in the group, I guess. Yes. I'm just PvP-minded. Abri <laughs> uh, <laughs> almost killed me in something else we did. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh my God. Well, I'm just an asshole, so I'm gonna stop telling that story. That's fine. Never mind. Yeah. Bree's just coming to collect heads. So I am. I'm here to just <laughs> ring bells. Uh, yeah, the idea that like if we ever got into it and talked about like Elias potentially being orphaned, it'd be like, no, he still has his mother, and make that the big reveal. Ooh. But it never came to that. No, oh, just thinking about. I love the 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 gestalt space that was rendered, even by the stuff you guys didn't talk about in your character's backstory. Like thinking about Xerxes, and it's like, okay, so this is a guy who came aboard the city while his husband, an eldritch knight, was first knight, so we could study his weird paladin oracle stuff that seemed to be unique. <laughs> his husband died, and then the backstory that didn't come out on camera, but the city put a lot of pressure on Xerxes to become first knight, because yeah. there wasn't a great candidate mm. after Evandrin was gone. So him leaving Elias and Kath Moyer was something that there was a lot of political pressure on him to do, of people being like, if it's not you, it's gonna be fucking Kevin. You know, and like, and, and like Kevin. you know, like, uh, so we can't Do you be... want to doom Avalier to Kevin? Kevin? No. And, and so this is God, it's just like, hey, you know this like grief stricken, completely alone knight up in the tower who keeps talking about dreams of betrayer gods? Should anyone check in on him? Nah, he's probably fine. His kid's a continent away. He's so strong. Stop your belt on him, he'll work it out. So strong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask what it was like for you to play our kids. I don't know. I'm just love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, because I because there's there's a um, there's a convenience there's a convenience to orphans, which is why from fairy tales and fantasy memorial, just convenient, right? Oh, I have no attachments, so an adventure uh, makes, makes more sense. sense. Yeah. When when does yeah. Luke leave Tatooine? Yeah. When oh, yeah. when his aunt and uncle are dead, spoilers. right? Like spoilers for a uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but you know what I mean, like. And I think there's something to the idea of there's something, but in a thing that's all about stakes and loss, uh, I think it's really necessary. And I love doing any any familiar relationships, siblings, parents, children, uh, because I think that there are people. Um, you know, people are like gems, right? They have facets to them, and some of them only get exposed within certain relationships. Totally. So you need certain things to see certain sides of people. 
Um, and again, I feel like even in just the, the blush of everything around that, even people that did try to like avoid those, or not, did not try to avoid, but like patient, people that were distant, but like patient and her grandfather and uh, Nidus and his brother and things that never get said. But by the fourth episode, I'm like, I'm like, Edelis is Nidus's older brother and he kind of never did make it to Avalier. And how does Nidus feel about that? The fact that he, his older brother got married and became sort of the mayor of Kath Moira, and you unmarried are like, no, I did become the dragon. And all that stuff just becomes implication in the background. I, I just loved it. I think all that family stuff makes it so rich. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, the uh, actually, uh, I feel like we've been away from questions for a second. <laughs> they keep scrolling. Yeah. Lou, mm -hmm. yeah, Nidus was a pirate who became the <laughs> <laughs> So natural. So, so natural. natural. Yeah, it's good very natural. It. <laughs> yeah. I'm so good at intros and outros You're and segues. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Nidus was a pirate who became the key to Avalier's resources. Does he feel as though his dreams were realized even though the city fell? Um. Oh, great question, Brennan. <laughs> really good. No, I um, I don't think so. I like I, I base the character a lot in terms of his like how his thought process on like a mix of John Hammond from Jurassic Park in the book and in the movie. Because uh, in the yes. book, in the Love book, it. he's a real monster, <laughs> and in uh -huh. and in the movie, he's a real sweetie. Um, and I think I I do think kind of in like the Jurassic Park sense, it's like. The goal is not just to make is not just to make the city great. The great the goal is to make this it, and the dangerous part is that the goal is to make the city great and then show it to the world and prove it every day for the rest of our lives uh, and 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 have everyone uh, come up and kneel before me and say, "Great job, you really made something amazing." Like just bringing dinosaurs back, I could give a shit. Uh, or just like, just making Avalier great and making it this hub yeah. of commerce where everyone can live and where there is no strife and Hadmadads do everything you want and you only experience weather once a week. Nah, that's, fuck that. We need to be, we need to go to the celestial plane. That is when yeah. things will matter and that's when uh, people will care. So I don't, he, I don't that's think his dream uh, is realized, but I think in the moment where uh, you killed us. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just want to say something. No. Matt Mercer made up the calamity. No, okay? don't put this Matt on Mercer you. made it up. You're totally and, and I'm over here wrong. bad copping no, it, okay? The, so, so you gave birth to us and Matt killed us. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. In a way, I'm in the delivery room. But, you know, there's. <laughs> Why specifically mean when you killed us with the tree? Oh yeah. Uh, when you, which is you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The tree didn't have that to be right. that wild. The tree could have just split open, you know, yeah. like it seemed like it was gonna. And then in the fourth episode, for the first second, aka oh two God. hours, you murdered yes. us ruthlessly. That was that's you. That. That's you. All I'm saying you know is that. everyone loves it when Matt says two thirds of Exandria is gone, but when it actually starts to happen and we're making saving oh, no throws problem. for an hour of game time. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden people got some shit to say. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but in that moment, I do think is uh, that's Nidus's moment of being like, okay, the ambition was is is too much and right now there is something to lose, which is just uh, what Avalier is, which is a community of people doing great things and that must be preserved. 
I, I actually earlier wanted to ask, because what you're talking about is like the change, the realization that you had mm -hmm. and, and the kind of arc that you went on. The, the, when we're talking about the secrets and all the, you know, this nasty stuff, but the moment, you know, a lot, I, I think a lot of the characters realize and, and had a moment of like really looking at, looking at themselves in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it started for you. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's, uh, it's not until Laren is trying to blow up the tree that this fucked up prophecy I got it's told me might be important. That's the first time it's like, wait, 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 wait. So uh, if, yeah. if these two things are, can if this is it, if this is us like enacting this this thing that this person has told me is the inevitable end of Avalir, then I then actually we then actually we need to stop now. Like I know I've been shoveling coal into this engine, but can we please yeah. hit the brakes? Can we please <laughs> yeah. in this moment hit the brakes? And the answer is we can. Uh, you told a prodigy so, uh, that you yeah. had enabled for decades no for the first time yeah. and thought that was going to go a different way. Hey, what's up, dude? I, <laughs> I, I can dream. I know. I, can dream. I know that you have the commitment to take a character that's supposed to be bad and make them bad. Yeah. Which is why Nidus's sudden God, so third bad. act shift into the moral oh, core of know, like, which I was, it felt so earned. What was that like? Cause I feel like you must have surprised yourself. Yeah, well, I got, I think I got caught off guard when you were like, I'm gonna cast blight on it. And I was like, yes. wait, 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 wait. Like it was that moment where you were like, I, and you were very kind in that you did it very slowly. You were like, I raised my hand to cast blood. You don't go, I cast blood. So in that moment, I was like, oh shit. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, guys, I have to explain this to you that <laughs> no I've kind of been sitting anything. on. And I'm, I, it's kind of, I don't know. I think, I think we might be fucking up real bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know people were rolling inside checks to like f figure out if I was telling the truth or not, and you could tell I was lying and you didn't ask about it. But now I kind of want to talk about it. <laughs> and that's that was it was it was a weird thing of being like, all right, but then also quietly knowing in my head that I'm like, well, I'm, if even just me saying it is not enough, uh, and, and and then it came to blows and it was like, oh, okay, but it was uh, it was uh, like a, the first hitch of you being like, I'm gonna kill it was me going, wait, wait, I have to tell everybody this thing and what this means. And then when everyone else didn't back down, when that didn't work, yeah. I was like, oh, 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 okay. Well, I have to try and stop this. Uh, <laughs> and this is now on me. You yeah. gave me this prophecy and now I, I'm the only one who can do anything about it. Without a saving throw to watch a prophecy actually like, you know, like drive someone to, to like, Panic, you know what I mean? Like yeah. so it, like it happened in real time of like the the, promise, the 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 thing. It also was very. I don't know. I just love these characters. I love all of your characters so fucking much. And I love that of the shady favorite? of the trouble tr of the trouble troika. <laughs> the trouble, trouble troika. Of the trouble troika. Well what I what I love about it is wow. is. Nidus's story. All of the three of you in your present time are so well matched with each other, but there's a yeah. fucking difference because you're both elves and you're from the sky. And mm. this dude, I feel like there was just something in Nidus of like, yes, I'm supporting it. The laywright, the ether, let's do shady deals, let's do stuff. And then there's a sudden moment where you hear this prophecy and a kid who had to fight on like blood-soaked docks yeah. goes, 
wait, guys, it can actually get bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. I know that real you, I know that you, the real world's coming. I, 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 I'm telling you, things can get bad. Like, yeah. it felt so. Why? It was just such a cool transformation to watch. Yeah, we're coming from privilege. We're like, yeah, 100%. it's bad. What? Yeah. What is bad? Bad, bad is when the water heater broke. Let's talk about this when I'm done with this tree, real quick. That blight casting. I felt like I was four seconds behind everything everybody was doing in terms of all of that stuff. And when you said blight, I was like, wait. No, that I'm not here. God, <laughs> uh, you're gone for all out. of that. There's and a, having Blight was, was the luckiest guess. I was like, I kind of like this spell. Maybe I'll get to use it. Oh, oh yeah. a bad tree? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Christmas. There is, I will say, in the in the pantheon of you know pulling the heart through and of blighting the tree, I one of I, I one of the very nice things that was very sweet about the show puts Sarah's decision to leave up there in that. Yeah. It would have been there. That would have been a total fight crazy. if you were there. You could have stopped a lot yeah. of yes. shit from yeah. happening. And you leaving was, I remember like you leaving right. and I was kind of like, we'll get him, we'll get him later. Like, <laughs> it was like, I truly like, it's fine. It hey, was. It what's was up? Bad. Something yeah. really bad's gonna happen, I'll come back. All right, come on guys. Yeah. And then and then to have it be that we're fighting, it's like, oh shit, he should be. Really <laughs> Why am I holding person? <laughs> like, so so if you had walked in at that moment, yeah. uh, you know, with your pizza box and the, and the fire, yeah. the fire yeah. going. Pull Donald yeah. Glover. Well, yes. like knowing what you knew at the moment and your suspicions of everyone, but especially Mrs. over here, <laughs> who would you this. have gone? Who would you have stopped? Who? What side would you have taken? Who would have those hot hawks have gone straight into? I mean, it would it would have <laughs> depended on what he walked into. But Pesha and Laren were were one and two because I just assumed that's that your Zerchus, name. Yeah, one and two meaning the people you love and trust. No, that most. I would try and take down the oh, fastest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and Xerxes would be like three, but yeah. I would assume. That he, you know, wasn't trying to fucking be a friend of Betrayer God, but I also knew that Nidus, with all that bard shit that I haven't seen yet, because we hadn't really, like, we hadn't <laughs> rolled. I didn't know what he, you know, what, what, what was capable of coming out. There was a chance that it was, it was just going to go bad. And what was so interesting was that I made the choice just on an RP thing to go after the kids and stretch the story that way. Right. And as soon as I left, I was like, oh, I'm going to let them fuck each other up for <laughs> and come in when they're tired. That's very good, actually. <laughs> That's way better. <laughs> oh, my God. We have a fan question. You oh. Guys. oh, yes, yes. Hot we off do. the presses from, from Andrea or Andrea. It's to Abria right. or uh, Abria. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Uh, correct. Was Laren's urgency to get the astral lay right done before the next apogee solstice only so that she could fix or focus on her relationship with Loquacious before mm. he was gone? Question mark. Or was there something she was hoping to do on other planes she was working towards that involved him slash me as well? Aw, babe. So what were you up to? Sweet. Uh, I think the like the drive to get it done in this one was suddenly realizing like her introduction was hey this is not only going to be your best shot but it's like even better than you were hoping for to pull this off so everyone has like over indexed for like how focused she was in that moment but like if you get the best news that like you're gonna you have your best chance of success at pulling off something that you've worked for more than a decade on mm -hmm. like of course that's the thing you care about the most she wanted it done and taken care of 
Because yeah, in that sort of like type A personality, on the flowchart, she was like, get the lay right done, fix your marriage, or at least repair that relationship so that it can be as good as it can be again, because she knew that she still had feelings. For him. But the lay ride came But the lay ride came first because it, it needed to get done. Yeah. It was a time-bounded thing. Yeah. Uh, I think everything passed the planes. Like, there was no, like, I want to send him home to the Feywild. That was just, like, her, like, the little dream in the back of her mind was, once this is done, we can go visit your home yeah. thing together. Yeah. And won't that be a lovely... A lot of our yeah. characters, like, once we get this, we can focus yeah. on the real yeah. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Just this um, one last thing. This one last thing. Yeah. yeah. I can rest after this. this uh -huh. <laughs> There's nothing That's more fun. That's how it is in real life, too. Uh-huh. Um, Knowing you're playing a game John that's going to like stop at the calamity, yeah. there's nothing more tragic than like having fu telegraphing future plans yeah. mm -hmm. of uh, all the things you'll get Speaking of plans, to. another question oh. was how much of the Laren loquacious relationship was planned before the game? Oh, yeah, let's, okay. Uh, let's talk yeah, about this. Okay. Because I got our text thread. God, it's you do? I got our text thread up uh, where, where Aria says... There's some scrolling. Says, There's some scrolling. It's, a, it's a long thread. Okay. She says, Lorwyn is her first name. Oh, I changed it. That's right. <laughs> Haven't decided on a surname. Thoughts on yours? <laughs> Are you just gonna read it? Thoughts on yours is a funny double meaning there. Like I haven't thought of a third surname. Could yeah. I have yours? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I said my current name is Loquacious Hambrick Zucker. Hambrick. <laughs> <laughs> Hambrick Zucker? Yeah, you robbed us. Yeah. You absolutely robbed us. Yeah. You could have had loquacious Zucker. Hambrick Zucker. Like a hambrick? Yeah. Now it will never happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a different character. <laughs> hambrick Zucker? Yeah. I, yeah. I hate him. Yeah. Yes. He is. I was like, I don't want to be married Ooh. to have been married to that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. We, we made well, some better choices. That's a no That's just two words. Like, just Hambrick Zucker is a Hambrick. name with like a, yeah. a charisma of six and a and a constitution of twenty-two. Yeah. Like <laughs> Hambrick Zucker is definitely like yes. creating his own cryptocurrency. Think of the bricks oh. <laughs> and how durable oh, that would be. My, my very next text on the thread is maybe I should simplify my stupid ass last name to something much more fey since that's where I'm from. How about Loquacious Seely, implying that I'm from the Seely court, like Elmanor? Wasn't that something you did with Fern on EXU? That's very kind. I was like, oh, he was. Hey. Uh, okay. Yeah, much better. Um, but to answer the, the original question is how much of the relationship was planned, we figured out like a timeline. Yeah. How many okay. years we were married, how many years we were not married. We figured out uh, loosely why we had split. Yes. And this one here was like, hey, is it okay if I was the reason? Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, we had already met in our little nasty gal uh, meeting and I was like, I want to be the bad one. Yeah. yeah, I'll do it. I did it. What did I, what did I do? <laughs> and and I, I was like, well, no, can't we both be at fault? Yeah, yeah so we were. <laughs> That's good. Look, I'm just mad because I came away from our text conversation going, what a fun bit this will be. And then you <laughs> yeah. proceeded to fucking knock me out with an emotion every 20 minutes. Whenever I covered my, like, my full face with my hands, it was because I was fully actually crying. Like, what is he doing? I, These are feelings. That was a discovery. Uh -huh. Honestly, it was planned as a bit. Like, we yeah. were just going to be sniping at each other. Um, I think we talked, I talked to Brendan at least about how, hey, it would be really great if over the course of, of these four episodes, we could, uh, he could discover things about himself that are um, 
he can be more honest with himself about what, uh, what he's become and maybe he doesn't like what he's become. And maybe that would affect us in some way and maybe, maybe by the end of it, you know, we could reconcile or something. Look, but that's not up to you to decide, obviously. No, and I mean, that was honestly, the parts of the story that I probably had my hands off the most for were your guys' scenes. There was a whole scene in, in I think, at the beginning of episode three or something like that, where it's just you guys in the Meridian Labyrinth while the fight is, is raging. Mm -hmm. And it's just you guys having a heart to heart. And the, the scene in episode one, when we were doing all the intro vignettes where you you guys and you alone had a had a vignette where you met mm -hmm. and I could rem I, but I remembered because we had talked about it and you had said this vision of loquacious that like his life changed in a bad way with the Elena Tuveras with the covering up of that secret because before then you had actually been an honest reporter mm -hmm. and that that was the beginning of you being like okay I'm going to acquiesce and the Herald's tome is going to kind of become propaganda and it is going to be kind of you know power pushing and but it's it was also clearly bad for loquacious yeah. right and in that first scene where you were talking to uh, Laren, where you go like, you're like, you, you have the fun sniping, it's super fun, the jokes are flying, and then you're like, let's try to not hate each other for a month. And it was so real, and I was like, they're locked in. I was like, I don't know where we end up by the end of episode four. The fucking speech, oh. the speech in Dog. episode four. <laughs> Talk about Bro. that ding dang yeah. speech. Bro. First of all, I don't, wow. I, I don't know if I even want to know, but whether that quaver in your voice uh. when you say, and to, and to Laren, the architect arcane, uh. most beautiful woman in the world, it, it makes me almost cry every time I've every watched time it, of the hundred times I've yeah, watched yep. it. It makes me almost want to cry. It's so profoundly beautiful. And whether that was honest emotion or performance, it's equally magical either way. It was definitely honest. I I am not a very good actor as, as opposed to what I said earlier, but yeah, I, I, I fell in love with her during the game. It was amazing. Beautiful. Well, okay, let me brag on Sam for a minute because yeah. we had a conversation a really long time ago, like, I don't know, five, six years. We were still in campaign one. Oh. And we were talking about like how we role play and I was kind of, I, I don't even remember how it came about in conversation, but was kind of asking like how you accessing things and you call back to things and like where you are influenced from your character's decisions. And you said like, I just always try to remember what came before. Like everything like, in, in these formative, rungs of a ladder so I just always try to think about like what has already happened and that's what which you know, sounds really like basic when you mm. when you say it out there but I think it is something that people it's easy to forget especially when you're in the moment and uh, you know that's always kind of like stuck with me and I think that speech that you wrote was like a master class yeah. in just being 100% informed from everything that had already happened. Yeah. And cause it's easy to make shit up and you could have made something up about like, you know, the, the Avalier and where it's going and whatever, mm -hmm. but everything was referenced mm. from something that had previously happened. And Chicken yeah, it was scratch. just incredible. Yeah. On a legal yeah. pad. Yeah. yeah. The only you really could read. Done in the, <laughs> done in the shadows yeah. in like a matter of minutes while you were standing <laughs> next to all of us being dumbasses on a break. Yeah. I don't. You I came don't, back with that. Yeah. Like, I don't use this. I don't say this lightly. The, the, from that beautiful moment of Laren where you're like, oh my God, this is someone who's literally grappling in the moment with the fact that moments ago he made the decision to die. 
made the decision made the decision to go down with the ship. Yes. And for, and and is speaking about the reason that he chose to do that. And then the moment after that, and remember the market of wonders. <laughs> yeah. I just need to say, I just need to say that is, and I've you know I've been lucky enough to see a couple of them in my life. That is a perfect joke. Yes. It is a it is a yes. it is a perfect joke because to do something that funny that comes at a moment. Do you know what I'm saying? There's, 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 this is like a Campbell quote, but he literally says something about comedy. Campbell says something about comedy where he says, comedy completes the realization that drama begins, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, you know, it, it, where there's something where it's like, oh, I have not contradicted the depth of my sorrow. I have not contradicted the meaningfulness of my sadness, but I have introduced something profoundly absurd and <laughs> wonderfully silly and I am not uncommitted in the moment of doing it. In the moment of doing it, this is exactly what I would do, and it's hysterical, and it also makes it even more sad. It makes the sad thing yeah. more, just like, and remember the market of windows. <laughs> like, so, it's so amazing. fucking good. I want to oh. say one braggy thing. Oh my God. Because uh, I was talking to uh, a bunch of friends, and we were like, they're also like RPG people, and they were like, what's the most, like what's your favorite decision you ever made in a game? And my answer, and it remains to this day, was when we were in our character gen and you came in, you're like, I kind of want to be divorced. Who wants to do it? Best decision ever made was being like, me, 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 pick me. Yeah. Because yeah. this was it the was most fast fun. Yeah, I did. Like, I had no chill about that. <laughs> I was like, I will lunge for Laura. I'm like, don't stop. Let me have this. <laughs> I don't want to fight you, it was but great. I will. It's great. So, thank it was great, you. For... Great pair up. Well, great it combo. really was like so incredible to watch because I think you guys really hit on you know, what any type of a couple goes through where, and especially when you're like a third party watching a couple bicker, where you're like, mm, mm, they're, mm, they're both right and they're both wrong. Uh-oh, and this there. is where, well, like. That was, he got her back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're just like, wow, this is, you can like see just this, like these sediment layers of damage and trauma yeah. enacted on both sides. And that was, that was incredible to watch. Now, Marisha, I've always had a question for you. <laughs> how, does, how does Patia feel? How does Patia feel about the deal her grandfather struck with the Gaudrashari? What? I can tell you've been sitting on yeah. it for like a while. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've been oh, yeah. Me and the boys, we've been me talking and, the boys. and we've been wondering <laughs> what are Patience's opinions about a grandfather and a, and a family name? <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, you know, uh, excellent <laughs> question, you. Lou. Um, oh, man, I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, Ultimately, like super high level, when I started thinking about Pesha and I went to Brennan and I was like, I think I want to make her like a Kennedy. Like I want her to be- Grateful. Yeah, <laughs> like just someone who is so deeply entrenched in the history of Avalier and the political structure of Avalier. And uh, I, you know, I've talked a little bit about this as well that like Laura was originally supposed to play. So I kind of, she built like the very bare, you know, structure of what this character was gonna be. And she was like, politics. And I was like, fuck. You want me to fucking, fuck, I gotta do politics? Okay. Um, and I, and especially because I, a lot of times in D&D or role playing, kind of like what you're talking about, like the orphan trope, it's easy to go for like the um, scrappy, work your way up from nothing, especially when you're going from low level to high level. 
but since we were starting at such a high level and entrenched in the like in everything to do with Avalier, it was just kind of this perfect opportunity to build someone from the start who was super high society, uh, you know, incredible lineage in the city. Um, and, and yeah, and we talked so much. It was like why it was so wild when you were like, what about her parents in the game? And I was like, <laughs> it was one of those things, I don't know. Because, because you're never quite done world building, right? Yeah. Like there's lots of family relationships that we we didn't explore. Like I don't necessarily know who Laren's parents are, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But in the city, they died. Flowcharted. Flowcharted. Incredible. But like with Patia, it was just this thing where it, in the middle of that episode, the the, the 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 you so beautifully bookended it with happy replenishment, grandfather. Oh, and it was, was so, so beautiful. And the whole, and, and really th there was something so heartbreaking about Patia. Ooh, yes. I, oh, I got a hit with emotion just saying. Ooh, I got hit a little bit. Patia, it's none of the, you are all so fucking good at this. And it's not an accident that in the middle of the fight, Patia looks at Larry and says, you're my best friend. Because Patia's alone. Yes. It's really fucking sad. Yes. And she's really, and it's someone who, and, and it just became clear in how you were playing Patia <laughs> that we got to the middle of episode four and I was like, this, this person was not uh, treated well by this. But, and, like, sure. and like, yes, incredible wealth, all of this power, but looking at who Amir was. And by the way, everything I said in the beginning, uh, uh, Amir was an asshole from the jump, from the first scene. What does he say to do? Avalier goes from here to here. It's gonna be beneath my eyes, mm -hmm. right? I mm -hmm. want the city to be underneath me. I'm looking down so that the people down there can see my face, yeah. right? So that was, a immediately I was like, this is not a good guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he, when we got to that point in that final episode, I just realized how alone Patia was, how much of herself she had given up to the service of this vision. And now that it was all, it was all slipping away from her, and especially as everyone was kind of le like, Xerxes had gone to Kath Moira, Sarah had gone to get his kids out, you know, Loquacious and Laren were finding each other. Even and even Nidus like fucking had Alessander. You know, like yeah. there was yeah. th there was this thing with with Patia where oh. it was just like, who does she have? The statue standing in front of the fucking statue, standing alone. And I just looked at it and I was like, the fact that we've never talked about your character's parents' contribution, it sort of just came to me in that moment, and we had to communicate it while the cameras were rolling. Yeah. But I was like. Your parents are gone. Yeah, and and, and gone from your memory. Like, the, like, because I, I was like, the, the most horrifying thing of someone, you know, it's the hammer and nail, right? If you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And the idea of your memory erasing everybody, it, you've done it to yourself. It's ha or or it's happened it's to happened. your grandparents. Yeah. yeah. What's the likelihood? What's pretty the likelihood? fucking high? Yeah. Uh, so that moment of just like your parents failed, yeah. and in so failing, in some way or another, your grandfather was like. You're gonna succeed where they failed. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, like, I, so I have a question. So, like, your your grandfather was up to some shit. But very hot. Brennan, the gal, <laughs> the gal Drashari. Yes. Like, yeah. how? Yeah. What was it like? 
<laughs> unraveling that for the first time to all of us and, every, and the audience and everything else. Did you else. consult with Matt? Yeah, I mean. Nah, I fucking winged it, dude. I said, this hey. is where the Ashari come from. <laughs> of course I consulted with Matt. This is where they come from. I was so worried. I honestly, I mean, Matt can attest to it. I was blowing up his phone nonstop. I was like, <laughs> could this be true about some druids? Oh, um, so you know, just truly so trying good. to check in as, as much as possible because, uh, and obviously like, you know, like, the, the guy's doing the entirety of planning for C3, so I was trying to make it as short and concise as possible. But essentially, I was like, okay, for this, I think it started with the primordials. I was like, the primordials are sealed because, and because I, I was trying, I was trying to be like, I want there to be apocalyptic stakes here, but we know our betrayer gods are focused on Vasselheim, mm -hmm. so they're not rocking up to Avalier. Avalier's not their priority. Yeah. So how do we make there be some stakes here in this moment? Um, and I was like, oh, there's some primordial sealed under the mountain. And there's another prophecy about da 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 da. And so there was just a, a session where I was talking to Matt and I was like, I, something with the these old druids that used to be there in the mountain. And Matt was like, and I think Matt fully pitched all of the stuff surrounding like, Matt, first of all, the name Gaudrashari is a Matt Mercer original. Ooh, cool. uh, when you said it, I was like, Gaudrashari? Yeah, like, yeah. He pulled that it off the dome work. so fast. It was fucked up. I was like, what about the Druze? And he's like, the Gaudrashari. And I went, fuck, that was just right there. <laughs> <laughs> we watched it happen. Matt Mercer. There it is. Matt Mercer. There, Matt Mercer. What the fuck? <laughs> um, and then the, the you know, I, I had been talking about, like, um, I, it was it was a perfect marriage. I feel like, of of because you know like, I was coming in with these like story beat things, right? Because because for me of like especially doing short run seasons, it's like okay here's the here's the beats we have to hit, and I was like. And then going to the fucking you know the, the creator of Exandria, this like master world builder, and being like. It would be great if Vespin had released the Betrayer Gods from their prison, but there was some other stumbling block that we can focus on in this story. If there's something from these druids that they put in the city that the wizards kind of don't give a shit about anymore, yeah. right? So you can even hear like in in how I'm saying it of like here's here's a fucking fuzzy little thing I need for a story thing to happen. And Mako's like, okay. And just immediately on the call spins this whole thing about the Gaudrashari and and the fact that the primordials, there's an analogy to the the elemental gates of the Ashari and the idea of the elemental rifts, like the idea of um there have all there's always been this connection to elementalism through the primordials and other stuff like that. And then the tree of names being this thing that was itself crafting a druidic protection over the world was also a Matt Mercer original. I mean, you guys, so obvious, obviously, we know <laughs> that both of you are super talented, but the way that you guys did this together is just, it's astounding. So, I know. I'm doing, astounding. The, I'm doing this to camera, but also Matt's literally right there. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Um, no, it was, it was so cool to, uh, uh, it was also so cool for me as a player because, you know, I've only ever really played in one shots or three-year-long epic <laughs> campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to, to come, come into a, a short-ish, you know, I guess short-medium story and just to see how you approached it and how you approach um, gently pushing and prodding us into character creation that, that would serve a shorter form story and 
um, keeping us sort of always on task with like, okay, this is your, this is, you, you don't have a short term, a medium term and a long term goal. You really just have this, this, this one, this is the one that we get. We got to keep you, keep you focused on it. And it was just so cool to, to watch you um, balance the needs of this short form story with the demands of Matt's gigantically huge mm. world. And yeah. it was, it was that in and of itself is, is a feat. Hey, and you should be yeah. congratulated for it. Thanks, you yeah. suck, Brennan. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 oh, I well should have reached out the helps if well it's the clap. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was a what an what an incredible joy, and I feel like that was the that's the the you know so much of the fun of stepping in here for the story was that thing of like almost like an operator a switchboard, right? Because yeah. you have all this beautiful material and you're like, okay, Vespin Chloris. Like all like all of the, I was going back over it like, it's like, why was Asmodeus the betrayer god? And you're like, in the lore of Exandria, pre-established by Matt, they, the rumor is that Vespin Chloris is at the right hand of Asmodeus. And you read that and you go, well, if this motherfucker released every betrayer god, <laughs> why is he at the right hand of just this one Boy, guy? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you and just all of a sudden, just the ideas start coming, and it's very like, okay, and you plug that in there, and you go, okay, so Vespin does that, but it's the the age of Arcanum. Also, was just shitty wizards everywhere. So I don't want it to be like <laughs> these guys were fucking just like we never did anything wrong, and just Vespin Chloris ruined fucking everything for all of us. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, you're all fucking culpable, baby. Like yeah. Vespin is symptomatic of the larger age, right? Like, uh, uh, and you and you all share some blame in this, right? Um, uh, and then establishing, but like, why does Vespin Chloris have the unique sort of like station that he does in the conscience of Exandria? And it's like, well, number one, Avalier was so destroyed that like, what fucking stories came out of it, right? As opposed to Vasselheim, which we know does get successfully defended by the prime deities, mm. and Vespin Chloris's like crimes were known in the city. Yeah. So it's like his story has a way better chance of surviving historically. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the deal he made with the fucking Lord of the Hells to never be forgotten. Yeah, can we also just like, I'm gonna barf compliments on Luis for a second yeah. here. Because like, wow. my first time playing with Thanks. you, it's at our table. Surely, surely Brennan will pick on uh, someone else to start the story. <laughs> yes. But it's yeah, I thought he threw <laughs> you into the labyrinthian trench. Like it, it, it was churning waters and madness. And I was like, well, that's one way to have someone never come back and play <laughs> yeah. <on> this again. <laughs> but you just, you just smashed it. Like, yeah. how, how did it feel to start with the Lord of the Hells kicking yeah. off the whole thing? What, oh what, like, how did that, that how'd that go? How I don't even know how, You okay. could have fucked up so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was yeah. such high stakes. For sure. That's true. It was the for beginning sure. of a four, four part thing. You could have yeah. fucked up the whole thing. Could have. But I didn't? You, yeah, that's like the old movie line where you're like, well, that's one way to go. Like, <laughs> I was like we're fucked from the start. You rose to the challenge immensely. It was amazing. I had no, so I think I, I had asked Lou, no. I think before we started, I think I just went to Lou and I was like, so, I mean, I don't, what's gonna, I mean, we're about to start, right? Yeah, and, and then you had said, oh, Brennan usually, you know, starts off with like vignettes, like a spotlight on each character. And I was like, oh, okay, well, she's not gonna start with me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea until partway through, and I think you see my face kind of go, yeah. do something. And I was like, oh, okay, we're here. Um, but I had asked, I think I had said this in the Twitter uh, thing too, that I had, you know, one of the things that I had asked um, 
Brennan for was I wanted to have an encounter with a betrayer god because I didn't know where in the calamity we were gonna this was gonna what take a place. weird request. I know, <laughs> but I wanted to Wish see what would happen. Yeah. Redemption, <laughs> paladin to the extreme, and with a, confronting a, a betrayer god, and I wanted, I, but I thought it was gonna happen. I didn't know it was gonna happen like this at all. Like in, in a more intimate way, I just thought I would see a betrayer god in the distance eventually approaching. Uh -huh. and then I would have to go and confront them and then yeah. that would be how my character probably dies. Um, and, and it, you know, and then it was, here's this dream and this really intimate, like I didn't know I was gonna care for them. I didn't know what betrayer god we were gonna meet uh, and I didn't know I was gonna care for them the way that that unfolded, and um, one of the things, there, there's, uh, talk a little bit more about Xerxes for a moment. There's, uh, <laughs> uh, there's one sort of hidden thing that I had incorporated into him, the, the way he sees the world, and that he establishes attachments fast, mm -hmm. which I, I was surprised mm -hmm. that it wasn't a red flag to people, because he falls in love with Vandran immediately, and then he meets this kid, and he's like, you're my son, immediately. Mm -hmm. So he creates intense attachments fast, and then wow. here we are, having uh, um, a, a meeting with uh, uh, with the betrayer god in this really intimate way. And I was like, okay, attachment <laughs> created. Oh, um, that's really good. But uh, also we couldn't see it. Like we didn't see any of yeah. that happening. I mean, we were at the table watching it and you were like, oh, I'm gonna redeem him. We were like, that's definitely what? not the no, thing you do. do but that. I'm so glad you're doing it. it was Shout out to the reaction corners just being like, what? Oh, we when you came shit. out of the of the thing and we and we just kinda like we were leaving and it was just like, oh, I guess we gotta go we gotta all meet up with to go fight Lucretia. There was a <laughs> The like PC oh, versus right, actual me moment of being like, hey dog, you gonna tell me? You gonna tell me that crazy <laughs> thing just has happened in there? And then time just kept going on and it was like, I guess he's not. He's not gonna tell me that he it was cuddling a betrayer yeah. god. <laughs> Well, I was well, I was just standing outside the door, being like, "Shit, man, we gotta go." Like, <laughs> and it was, I will still say the instinct behind it predominantly was paternal. Yeah, um, and and but I can see how it can become all kind. I mean, like uh, Elias and Vandrin, you know, like I, Elias grown up is looks like a Vandrin, and so it was super fucking confusing to be like, "You're so tender and caring, and also receptive of." any intimacy that comes from me, oh, whether it's paternal dude. or so much confused romantic. It, it was, was so, so cool, crazy. but it was also, it wild. was, I mean, it was just wild to watch because it's it's such an, it's so, those choices are unexpected, unusual. Yeah. At one point, in, I feel like in the first game, at one point I was like, wait, maybe Louis Stitch didn't hear him Maybe he didn't hear Brennan that that this is a that this, this is, is the a, Lord of Hell. Yeah, it's a red guy with bit with big horns. Big horns. <laughs> maybe, maybe, big horns. Maybe he's like I don't I don't maybe he's hard of hearing or something. Maybe he missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just need to say you know like for real, the, the, in in terms of everyone like everyone's character was so truthful to the, the thing they had said at the outset. In terms of plot. Blighting that fucking tree and pulling that devil through the fucking portal. Oh my God. Hey, as all the bad guys, thank you. Thank you. Because truly, from a storytelling perspective, I needed it. I was like, yeah. you almost yeah. licked your lips when he did it. He was like, I'm going to pull him through it. I saw you go, I just, yeah. I just, <laughs> that was a moment where I like, I, I, 
I had trouble with that as a person of being like, Luis, what the fuck are you doing? You all are dead. Do whatever fucking mental loopholes you need to jump through to get on fucking Team Save the World. Like, what is this shit? I will say my favorite part was watching, like, because that second, uh, the, like, port, like, the, when you were being an oracle meeting with the Lord of Hells, watching Brennan start that super neutrally, and the moment you, like, fed him compassion, there's nothing more fun than watching a DM dial and, like, got it. Yeah! (laughs) And then, like, you watch the entire encounter change to feed you the thing that Xerxes was already, like, there's something so beautiful about the way you like stated everything, which was never like asking anything of him or inciting or doubting it. You were feeding him what he wanted him to tell you. Yeah. And all he had to do was bounce it back at you. Yeah. And it was just the most yeah, heartbreaking totally. thing I've ever yeah. seen. Cause I was like, oh, I understand exactly w- w- why a person like Xerxes in this moment would do that and yeah. get that back. And it's just this horrifying feedback loop. And 100%. Why it would never occur to him to try to challenge that by doing mechanically yes. an inside check or didn't do his own or truth there. Not that it would have worked on the Not Lord the of Hells, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but he wouldn't, he didn't, you know, the, he tried to do a bunch of things, remove curse, a bunch of stuff that I knew would fail, but he was going to try to do. Yeah. Well, and, I love that yeah. commitment. But the, I think it's also like, I mean, the Lord of the Hells, it's evil. It's like the most evil, the <laughs> evilest, right? Uh-huh. And what is what is more evil in terms of being a liar, the god of lies? Like trickery is one of his domains. Is like, is like, no, I don't like I don't flim flam a person with a steel resolve. I do what real evil is, which is I find somebody who already wants to believe. Yeah. You know, you yes. find somebody who already wants it. Yep. And you go. Is there something that you'd really like to be true? Well, I'm not gonna. How much does the devil even lie in those couple scenes? He mostly, you say stuff. You're like, the prime deities, they did this to you. And homeboy's like, yeah, sure, man. Yep. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that works for me. It was you know, so, like, it's so, so much. Good. It's so much him just yeah. like letting you walk to where he wants you to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like such a chilling thing. take to see, to, to hear you yes. do the devil going like, I never know what I'm gonna look like to people. Just nonchalant, like chills up my back, doesn't wanna do this, doesn't wanna be here, is over it, not conniving, not arch. Sorry about my bad breath. Oh, God. (laughs) I like, it was the most, you did a lot of terrifying things this entire campaign, but that was the most terrifying. And I'd be lying if I didn't say, uh, there was a part of me that was like, I just saw something that Brennan is capable of. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a red flag. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, About the person? Respect earned. Well, yeah. I'm glad that Brennan is like a elevated. good, in, an incredibly good and moral person to his core yes. because you're very intelligent and I'm like, oh, he can tap into like this weird manipulation yeah. aspect. But that- that's... It's horrifying. But that's horrifying. A, of course, I mean, lies. well, that's the thing is, is that that type of like, what's so scary about manipulators is that they actually have. Well, there's a whole thing in the there's a there's a whole article talked about the neurology of it. But they literally said like for that kind of manipulative behavior, it's like high cognitive empathy, mm-hmm. yeah. low emotion. Emotional, not the right word, but. In other words, you don't feel it when you hurt people, but you know what will hurt people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like those type of people have 
profound understanding. Like the idea of like, no, no, I really get you. And I know what I need to say mm -hmm. to, I had so, there was so much stuff we didn't have time to get to with the, with, even in all the hours of that long finale. But I had, like, I just, I spent a lot of time thinking about the Lord of the Hells and what he thought about stuff. Yeah. And there was a thing of, of like, if it ever had been a longer conversation after his turning on you, of you being like, of like what was a lie and what was the truth. Very little that he said was a lie. There were some sure. lies in there, very little that he said, but when he showed up to you wounded, mm -hmm. that's the that's the manipulation yeah. of, of him showing up injured because, because, and I remember the line I had for him was gonna be, was gonna be, yeah, I appeared to you injured because you guys love it when people are hurting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you need somebody uh, to save. Yeah. You know, like you love it when people save hurt. And if I had shown up to you in my yeah. full power, you would have hated me because you hate when things stand tall. Ooh. And uh, and just really having that thing of him being like, no, you guys are the ones who are fucked up. Yeah. And and uh, and he's wrong and evil, but it was very, it was like finding hit what he yeah. hates about mortals mm -hmm. uh, was very fun. And uh, if I scared anyone, good. Oh, Dude, God. the fact that you did that with, like, you dropped affectations, like your voices and mannerisms are great for NPCs. The fact that you played the Lord of the Hells and dropped all of that was like, that's just Brendan talking. Brendan. <laughs> I know, it fucks with your head. Yeah. I love it, I love it. It's very good. <laughs> Mira, we've been so talking fun. for a little bit and um, as everyone can see, our mic packs are starting to all, the batteries are starting to eat it. Uh -oh. um, but uh, a few more questions before we, we wrap it up, but I do desperately want to know, Brennan, did you have any contingency plans should the end of the world oh, yeah. Yeah, not come about as expected? Yes. I had you know? so many contingency plans. There was a whole plot about the Septarian coming after you guys. Oh, I had a, and the wizards? The, in a, the, in a so world, yeah, I had to, well, we only had four episodes, so there was a ton of planning. I had all, oh, like, God. people talk about, like, <laughs> like in terms of rails, there were a bunch of railroads you guys could have gone on that those rails just we won't ever get to. But in a, in a world where you guys see shit starting to go wrong, and not even all of you, but just one of you goes to the Septarian, or someone goes and says, hey, we should alert da 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 da, da other thing, um, or especially in a case where you all go to the Sectarian and say something wrong is happening here and try to get the city on your side, mm. um, they were going to declare you guys fugitives. And there was gonna be a whole thing of them wow. coming after you. I thought about it for a second because there was someone that the senior site warden reports to and I was like, Nah, if I don't trust these people, I certainly don't trust that <laughs> list of people like somebody the wise, somebody the beard, somebody the somebody the beard. In terms of the, in terms of the various contingencies, yeah, there were a ton. So so, uh, but in in terms of you guys averting the the calamity. Um, those contingencies are kind of the most boring ones. Like in the ones where you don't blight the tree, you don't pull the Lord of the Hells in, mm. then it's like, yeah, Vespin rolls up and the taxmen go evil and, and then it's a fight at the tree. Or, you know, if you don't pull the Lord of the Hells through, then it's like uh, only Vespin can come through, but he pulls in some devils and they like kill Xerxes. And, you know, like, it's like most of the, most of the contingencies for you guys are less responsible for the calamity is brute force. Some Something comes in, they use the, the artifacts from Orwin's office. They use mm. the blood they got from you, da, 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 da. Some other yeah. thing happens. You guys, you guys managed to like, you know, somehow jury 
rig the the helm and stop the city, but then the sun rises and you turn and oh. you know, so it's like all this, there's like all this stuff, right? That like, you, weirdly the contingencies for that were like some of the most simple ones. Other contingencies, uh, uh, one, so like, uh, like there were a bunch of contingencies also for that final combat, right? Mm -hmm. That was very interesting. Like, uh, uh, for example, in the, there were there were a bunch of like you guys holding the tax men in that first round at the door changed a lot of that was like huge. Uh, that last mm. battle was so you. Everyone was so fucking good. So cool. The inspiration yeah. going to Sarah. We gotta talk about that. That. Ooh. Wait a minute. Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say is I actually had the <laughs> contingency. The contingency I had for Laren. There was a very like there was that moment at the end with Vespin and the insane Nat twenty that got him down. I actually yes. had contingencies for what happened if Laren died. Ooh. Uh, which yeah, I was totally prepared for for Laren to go down in that last final fight, which was essentially cool. that someone was gonna have to make a. It, you know, unreal, impossible DC Arcana check with disadvantage to figure out her work to to try to yeah. complete the last Aww. couple. And if that, that probably would have been loquacious, which would have been very cinematic. Oh, and it would have been so good. Oh I should have died. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should have died. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Give me my moment. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, about that. Don't take it But wait, that final was. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, that final roll. That final roll. The 30, the 30 oh. roll. The 31. Yeah. They wouldn't have been done without the inspiration, Ugh. without the buff. Of course. Mm -hmm. I mean. That's right. We were all just throwing everything yeah. we had uh -huh. to just like get Sarah yeah. out. Oh my goodness. I mean, it was just, it was just so good. At least, uh, just just from, from my chair, because he had done all the things he needed to do for his kids. He had atoned in that way. Mm. Let all that stuff go. Focused on the thing, killed the thing, but it wasn't done. Like, could could he get out and leave? And it it only would have happened. It only could have happened because of the ring of brass. Yeah. He couldn't do it by himself. Yeah. And yeah. so that 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 was just so fucking perfect. Yeah. Like, one little spark of one hope of those at the end. Yeah. Yes. It takes the whole the yeah. whole table. And it wasn't it mattered that we were friends at all. Yeah. 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 It's not. That's that wasn't in the. Without Plan. that, without that oh. eight, mm -hmm. yep, for sure. Yeah, without that eight, there's no, there's no world where that. Nope. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's possible. Uh, he goes down with everybody else. Oh. And I mean, realistically too, we still don't really have any idea. Like, did Sarah make it back to his kids? He where knows. Kids? He knows Guessar. That's all he knows. Guessar, yes, somewhere. I mean, Guessar. Yeah. He is a, like the world's greatest detective. But sure. you know, clear. you sent the library to his daughter, who's yeah. at the University yeah. of Ooh. Arcane Travis. Wizard. Like you know. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, when you texted oh. me, you texted me, and you were like, "What did you just do to my daughter?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because for a moment there, you were like, "And I sent it to," because uh, I I hadn't picked up on what you had done. I didn't know that the little miniature was the the culmination of knowledge of Avalir. Yeah. You sent yeah. it to her, and I was like, "This bitch is fucking with my daughter." <laughs> There's no limit to her evil. <laughs> oh wait, it's way, way better than yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to be fair, like you, know, I don't know, like I, because in part of my inspiration for Pesha was like, what if we hadn't lost the Library of Alexandria? What if we had a record of all of that and all of this knowledge that hadn't be hadn't been lost? Um, and I, I kind of like, I've asked Matt since then as well. I'm like, where, 
where's where's my where orb? Is, yeah. <laughs> is the orb still around? Yeah. Where is it? There is something yeah. that, uh, that me and Abria are the only, at this moment, at the time of this filming, the only people in the world who, who have the experience of, which is that camera stops rolling and suddenly Cannon leaves you. Yeah. And I immediately wanted to run and find Matt and be like, is the orb okay? <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I don't have any say anymore. <laughs> it, it goes back to you now. Is it fine? The little library, where is it at? <laughs> you'll get the moment, Brennan. At some point, it will pop, like something will pop up in C3 and you'll just be there and be like, it happened and it mattered. Oh. It found the oh. It happened and it mattered. Oh. Oh Why do we God. tell stories? I, do, I saw this fan theory uh, that is 100% just a fan theory, but I kind of like it. That uh, did you yeah. see this one? Yeah, that like, um, and if, uh, once again, all fan, not canon, but that the library going to the daughter yeah. of a master detective and then getting all of this library information was like the origin of the Cobalt. Oh. And like this Harvard's was like this. Yes, that Harvard's knowledge. knowledge. And I know. I know. Eye I other know. like, you know, powerful that structures and yes. yes. neutral. If that, if, that, if that ends up being true, we came up with that idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this fan did not do it. Uh, <laughs> no, I love that. There's if 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 ever there was a, wor a world where like I would jump like like there was someone else running something later in the calamity, be like coming back and playing either like Kier or Maya. Oh. As an adult, oh. would be oh. so fucking sick. Yes. Adult oh. Kier in my mind is jacked. He's fucking <laughs> huge, dude. <laughs> fucking yeah. huge, man. Kier is that you? Yeah, I found protein chips. <laughs> <laughs> Talent two now. Like a whiskey mustache. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was something we were talking about in terms of like the, the sort of how everyone here bookended everything. Everything got bookended so well. The thirty-one investigation mm -hmm. for Vespin. The thirty-one investigation to get back to your family. That's crazy. And so fucking good. And it also too, I wanted to talk about two things really quick with like. That, that were like just important to me to do as a DM and also kind of as a storyteller for like the kinds of stories we tell. In a short story, it's always, thing, there are certain things that come through that feel like, um, like because, this, because the story said this, the story is saying this is always true, right? And, and the story is like making a claim about how the world works. Mm. And so it was something in terms of the book ending of it all, it was really significant to me that Laren used her laywright to save Exandria. Yeah. And that Xerxes used his cleansing redemption power to get Bespin back for a moment. Yeah. Because, because I didn't want the story to say science is bad and innovation is bad. Yeah, and, and compassion. I, and compassion is bad. Is bad. Yeah. It was like, I wanted the story to be say something more like nuanced of like, yeah. it was bad in, or like bad. It didn't work in this instance for yeah. these reasons. It didn't work in this instance for these reasons, rather than making this big thing. And the fact that both of you guys, after blighting the tree or after pulling the Lord of the Hells through, got to say, here is a chance to show what I mean by this, yeah. was like yeah. very cool. And yeah. just like, ugh, I loved it. Yeah, oh, that was great. So, <gasps> so much poetry. 
Speaking of poetry, should we should we end on the the burning question that was submitted <laughs> why by you you know why people have been watching the entire time yes. exactly I think we've texted about ourselves um, yeah uh, yeah uh, <laughs> fan favorite standout NPC stole the show Brennan is Bolo okay what happened no. to Bolo from Aor I don't like her. Wool. I don't like her. Wool. You know, Wool. you know, sometimes a PC will gift you with an NPC. And <laughs> sometimes a PC will gift another PC with an NPC. Sometimes, sometimes Bria will say, did you have a plus one? And Sam will go, that absolutely sure. makes sense. Sure. And then what will happen is- I said that'd be no problem. Yeah. <laughs> And then what happened is that PC will, you know, name that NPC. Um, and sometimes they'll just reach down into the top hat and see if a rabbit comes out. And a rabbit doesn't come out. What comes out is Bolo. <laughs> name Bolo. And then what you get to do is conscript Matt Mercer into doing Slavic accents for any Aorians. Yes! Canon uh, accepted. My name is... I don't know why in that so, moment, but I did, you know, it was, we were improvising it, and there you go, and that's Bolo. Uh, Bolo's dead. Um, yes! Oh, I love you, Or, or, not the way you think. Or, not the way you think. <laughs> she dies 12 hours later because she gets hit by a wagon. Um, yes! No, 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 no. She teleports. Which one is it? Which one is it? No. Or, or Bolo is an incredibly dangerous Aorian spy yeah. who goes into Avalir during the chaos and finds a necessary piece of Arcano tech for Aor's later work with all of the shady things that we know that they were working yes. on. Absolutely. Right? Threshold crest. Threshold crest, God hammer, you know, who you know, anything, right? right. Um, uh, or in, there's also a world where maybe Bolo was a polymorph dragon and she just flew away. Oh. What? Uh, who was this bitch? Wow. She was Bolo. She wants to be a reporter. <laughs> Eventually. This your house is the this most house? important. This thing. your this your house. This not your a question. House? Not a statement. Just words. She can't be a polymorph dragon. She couldn't be. Why not? But she doesn't know how to ask, she doesn't know how to get a beer from a hot madar. Not all dragons. How many beers are dragons out here grabbing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hundreds? Yeah, dragons just rolling up to the bar. Excuse me, might I have a pint of beer? No, everything, if you actually kind of think about it, the dragon theory kind of makes a lot of sense. There's kind of a part of it that makes a lot of sense if you start to think about it. You know what I'm saying? Because she like doesn't know how to get drinks. She wants to be a reporter eventually. Those are all the things we know about Let's yeah, Cerritos Groupon. Yeah, did make an inside check on Bolo? Did you follow her to the to the? I drinks? think I was so stunned by Bolo's inherent beauty and strange personality that I didn't use my one feet that would have seen any illusions present. <laughs> uh, was a dragon. Dude, Sam, wow. you were fucking a dragon. <laughs> Hey, Vance, let me be clear. I will happily allow that. Just put that on the These draconic sorcerers have to come from somewhere. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. That's how that's how the, the dragon the dragonborn race was born. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we remember back our our progenitor, Bola. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. Well, well, uh, well. <laughs>
Well, Dragon well. fucking, thanks folks. Yeah, long live Bolo. No, long may she reign. Um, thank you guys so much for doing this. This was truly the most special. I also want to give a quick shout out to our production crew, yeah. producer Kyle, who's spearheaded this one. Um, there were so many amazing like little points of genius that uh, I, I hope people have pointed out on from everything from like the graphics, um, the, the overlay. The, the oh overlay, God. yeah. yeah. I, I saw what a few a people notice it. wild detail. Yeah, over, yeah. over time, the overlay was slowly degrading cracking, yeah. and cracking, and um, little Easter eggs, uh, all of the incredible art that we had done uh, just across the board. Wanted to shout out from everyone from top to bottom. It really felt like just such, um, everyone was on their A game. You know, and not just the people who are sitting here in front of the camera, but all the people behind the camera as well. So it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, we could say this is the end, but is it? Yeah, we died. Ooh. It doesn't really no, feel. It's not. It's like not. We're done. It's not. I don't think it's the end because again, it's you know, hope will, hope returns, right? Yeah. yeah. Like. The patients come back. The matron of ravens. Oh, I have so many other questions. Calamity is here forever. Yeah. Calamity is not here forever. No. Wait, so we all lived through it? We're fine? Yes, that no, was. You, okay, so five of you are fucking dead, and that's what <laughs> the dice said. Okay? Bolo's alive. Bolo is 100% alive, alive <laughs> unless she was <laughs> dead the whole time. She's undead. Yay. Oh, fucking necromancers. Oh, cool. Always so oh, dramatic. Oh, so dramatic. Oh. Uh. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to everyone watching at home. We love you. And is it Thursday? Yay! Yay! That's it for the episode. This is Marisha Ray, and thank you for listening to Exandria Unlimited on the Critical Role Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice. Your review might inspire someone to join the adventure for the very first time. There are unlimited stories to be told, and we can't wait to keep telling them. Until next time, is it Thursday yet? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we're often told that talking about our emotions can be dramatic, unnecessary, or unproductive. But in actuality, when you repress negative feelings, it can be extremely taxing on the brain, so much so that it impairs logical, productive decision-making. Listen, I, I am proof of this. I often am very overwhelmed when I look at my calendar and see a long, never-ending list of things to do, and I can just feel my brain wanting to shut down and telling me not to do any of it. But the minute I start to talk to someone about my stress and I can brainstorm the best order to go about my day, my task paralysis starts to disappear. So if there is something taxing on your mind that you need to try and talk out, try BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is entirely online, making it convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And to get started, you just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. Plus, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Critical Role today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Critical Role.